very excited about getting him where we got him. This is the Turn on the Jets podcast, presented by Prime Sports. What could ever lead you? What could ever lead you? I care where we need you. I care where we need you. Yeah, we tease him a lot, cause we got him on the spot. Welcome back. Here's your host, Joe Caparoso. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Turn on the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Joe Caparoso, owner of TurnOnTheJets.com. This week, we have a very special reunion show between the original three hosts of this show, myself, Dalvin Asario, and Connor Rogers, who is back with Turn on the Jets for draft season, which we are very excited about. Also great to have Dalvin back on this podcast as it's been a while. I don't think we've had him on since January. Before we dive into all the discussion, want to remind you guys this podcast is brought to you by Prime Sport, official sponsor and team partner of the New York Jets. Make sure to go to primesport.com slash turn on the Jets for all of their upcoming ticket packages for the Final Four, NBA playoffs, NHL, all that good stuff, and then the, their Jets hospitality packages when the season gets a little closer, again, that's primesport.com slash turn on the Jets. Give them a follow on Twitter and Facebook at Primesport. This podcast is also brought to you by Razor Sport. That's R-A-Z-E-R-S-P-O-R-T.com. The best in the business when it comes to betting consulting. Make sure to check them out before you put in any of your wagers before March Madness or any of the other upcoming sporting events. Again, that's R-A-Z. E-R-S-P-O-R-T dot com and give them a follow on Twitter at Razor Sport Club. Follow Prime Sport. Follow Razor Sport. Everybody's happy. We're happy at turning the Jets. All right. Without further ado, Connor, Dalbin, how's it going? Connor, welcome back. Dalbin, welcome back. What's going on, guys? Well, thanks, Joe. I appreciate the warm welcome. It's good to be uh, back home with you guys, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, everything's going well. I think it's... uh, I think my comeback couldn't have come at perfect timing with the New York Jets having a pretty significant pick this year in, in this year's NFL draft. And, yeah, it, I think it feels right that Connor's back <laughs> to enter the, the arguably, no lie, probably the most important draft for this team in the last, I'd say, eight years, right? Like, I, I think you're talking about the third pick overall. They've added some really key, some really key pieces in free agency, and now it's time to finally nail the quarterback. You know, I think that's I think that's what you need to do, and I, and it's great to have Connor back for that. I'm glad to be back too, Joe. Absolutely, and like you said, this draft and this trade up it is it has to be the biggest, most anticipated pick the Jets have made in a very long time, probably since they traded up for Mark Sanchez, which was still a bit of a surprise when it happened actually on draft day. Obviously, this happened well in advance of draft day, so. <laughs> Connor and then Dobbin, as it stands today, does anybody have any idea who the Jets are going with, with at the third overall pick? Or are we just reading a lot of guesswork right now? And is it accurate to be reading into McCagnon's past history too much when trying to figure out who they're going to take? Or is honestly, are we just all throwing darts here on how this is going to go with the third overall pick? A lot of it starts. I mean, I have a personal rule. When you hit about six or five weeks out of the NFL draft, you really can't believe anything that comes out. And as somebody that really has focused on this, especially this class more so than ever with Stick to Football Bleacher Report, have focused on what's going on this year, all year round, it's just interesting when the narratives change. Now that the Browns apparently are thinking about 
you know, Josh Allen at number one, when it really has seemed like Sam Darnold forever. It's hard to really peg what's going on. And even with the Jets, since they've traded up to the number three overall pick, we've heard from Josh Allen, Josh Rosen. The new trendy one is Baker Mayfield. So it's all over the place, and it's hard to really predict you know, if anything's correct or anything's factual or if anything actually holds any weight. Now, what I will say, if you want, you can look back at the history and you can look at the staff and you say, okay, well, Josh Allen would check all of the boxes for Mike McCagnan, of course, right? Which terrifies Jets fans all around the world. You look at Josh Rosen, and I think he's a little similar to a guy that Jeremy Bates has had a lot of success with in the past in Jay Cutler. So, when you look at that, you would assume that Bates would like a guy like Rosen. McCagnan, scouting-wise, would like a guy like Allen. And then you look at Baker Mayfield, the true wild card, a guy that, honestly, when you're looking at this New York Jets team specifically, I like Baker Mayfield for the Jets, I think, the best overall. When you check all of the boxes from character to talent to the fact that this guy's going to flat-out fit in and win a lot of games. And I think the Jets have to be realistic here and realize for this regime, it's your last shot on a quarterback. Go with the guy that you think is probably the safest and has the highest success rate. So you can't rule Baker Mayfield out of all of this, even though the other two seem more obvious. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Connor nailed it on the head. I think a couple of things, right? This is an offseason that we've seen numerous players get moved, right? Like, I, I think there's just been a flurry of moves. Marcus Peters, Akib Tlaib, uh, Alex Smith got traded, even it felt like right before the season. We knew Kirk Cousins was gone from Washington. We saw Cody Kessler even get moved. And again, that seems like a lower rung move, but it's still another player getting moved. And then the Jets come and throw a grenade up, what is it, 45, 50 days before the draft, which most teams don't typically do. Typically, we see those kind of moves as we get closer. So that's one. Two, I think Baker Mayfield is, is Todd Bowles' kind of guy, and similar to how Jamal Adams is Todd Bowles' kind of guy. He wants a guy that has a chip on their shoulder with Mayfield walking on on two programs, winning the Heisman. Mayfield is going to come in with a chip on his shoulder and try to will this team to victory, very similar to how Jamal Adams does. The thing that I think worries me, and Connor hit it on the head, and I shuddered as he was saying it, you know, when he talked about Josh Allen, Josh Allen is essentially Mike McCagnon's kind of quarterback, even going back to when he was in the Houston front office, because he kind of resembles a bigger-armed a bigger armed Matt Schaub, and in a sense, like, he's upright, he's, he's a little bit more mobile than Schaub, but he's, I mean, it's just... The way he plays reminds me of one of those upright passers, and Allen fits that. Rosen, to me, I would say is kind of the wild card, only because we've seen Christopher Johnson take more of a, you know, the play, like when he talks about the anthem issue, the, the anthem quote-unquote issue, he says he's going to back the players. And you'd wonder, a lot of fans have wondered whether Allen, whether Rosen's outspokenness would be a deterrent to them drafting him, and Hearing Chris Johnson speak, I don't think that that's going to be an issue. Rosen, to me, is the best quarterback in the draft. But I, I can see what Connor's talking about with Mayfield being a fit here in this locker room with the, with the culture that the Jets are bringing. But realistically, I think we're, we're, we're a month out and we have no idea who they're going to take at three. Yeah, I mean, I'm in a position where I really like Rosen. I really like Mayfield. I have Rosen ranked just slightly higher than Mayfield. And I feel like that if Rosen is there at three – the Jets are going to take him. Again, that is you know, just about an educated guess, but I feel conf- more confident saying that than I do on what would happen if the Jets get to the point at number three and it's between Mayfield or Allen, where I really feel like it's a coin flip. But I do feel like if, if Rosen is there at three, a guy who a lot of people consider is the best quarterback in this class, I have a hard time seeing the Jets pass on him, which means 
How this goes is, of course, going to depend on how the New York Giants, of all teams, handle the second overall pick. And there's just such a wide swath of directions that they could go. We've heard them offensive line. Do they go Quentin Nelson? Do they go Saquon Barkley and take a running back? Or do they invest in the future and just take Josh Rosen? Or do they trade down uh, with a team like Denver or Buffalo even being super aggressive going up to number two? So as it stands now, we know if the Giants trade out, a team is going to jump in front of the Jets and try to take a quarterback. How likely is it that the Giants, A, stay put, and B, if they do stay put, how likely is it that they take a quarterback with that pick? I don't think they want to move. I I know Dave Gettleman does not have a history of moving. I think they've been relatively stubborn in whatever this offseason plan was. And if, you know, going back months ago, I said, I think it's time to blow it up. I think it's time to get your franchise quarterback, which for them, it would have made sense. It makes sense to take Josh Rosen, let him sit a year behind Eli Manning, and then let him rock when the time is right, whether that's the beginning of 2019 or at the end of 2018. But when it comes down to it, my gut feeling is the Giants stay and they take Saquon Barkley. I think Quentin Nelson is certainly in play. I think it's madness to take a guard, a guard that I have written up as a, you know, almost a lock for as an all pro player. But it's still a guard at second overall. When you're the Giants, you at the end of the day, you need a quarterback for the future. OK, you're looking in a three year window. You say, do we need a quarterback in the three year window? Yeah, they do. Now you have the all the hysteria going on with Odell Beckham. So while you would love to see Saquon Barkley and Odell Beckham in the same offense, I think there's a chance that if Beckham gets moved out, it makes it even greater need to go get a weapon in Barkley, a guy that personality-wise is the polar opposite of Odell Beckham. And I love Odell Beckham as a player, but the Giants are clearly souring on his personality, and you don't have to worry about any of that with Saquon Barkley. So at the end of the day, I think that Number one, the Bills have all this ammo, right? But you're still moving back to 12, which when you talk to a lot of people in this class, that starts to get into murky waters of a talent drop-off, a potential talent drop-off. So I think Gettleman wants to stay at two, and I think they stick to their you know original guns, and they take Saquon Barkley there. Yeah, I'm with Connor, and I've been saying it for months. I don't think they move, and I don't think they take a quarterback. I think that Gettleman has been honest when he says that he thinks that Eli, the Eli Manning that played against Philly the last game of the season, that's the Eli Manning that they're going to get. The wild, the, the thing for them is going to be if, and this is, I, I, if they move Odell Beckham to the Rams, let's say, for the 23rd pick in the draft, then they're at, they're at that spot where theoretically, if they see a quarterback slipping, say, say it's Lamar Jackson, or say Baker Mayfield does slide, which again, I'd be surprised, or, or if Rosen slides, which I'd be surprised. They could walk out of here with Saquon Barkley and then use the pick, one of the picks that they get for Beckham, plus the pick that they got for JPP to go back up into like that 10 or 11 range and go and get a quarterback in front of Buffalo. I think that that, that's absolutely in play for them. If you had asked me three months ago, I would have said it would have been Saquon Barkley as well. I think that Gettleman is being honest about what he's saying. And I think also, like Connor said, there's a culture shift going on. You see it with them hiring Pat Shermer, who is probably about the most bland co- uh, head coach that you could probably hire. They want to they kind of button this up to the giants of old, so to speak. And I think Saquon Barkley fits that because he's a guy that's going to come in and just do his job. Odell Beckham does not fit that. Yeah, I think it's absolutely insane that the Giants are seriously entertaining trading this guy, but we've seen crazier things happen in the NFL, so I, I guess you can't really be surprised by anything at that at this point, but just shocking overall. So 
Look, if the Giants do pass on a quarterback, I, I do think there's a very good chance Josh Rosen could be the guy for the Jets. He's a guy that I know all three of us like. He's been my top overall quarterback. Connor, I'm pretty sure you're in the same boat. And Dalvin, you may be, yeah, in, the definitely. Same, you may be in the same boat as Absolutely. well. Now, the common question that I think all of us regularly get back about Rosen is, how concerned are you about his concussion history? How concerned are you about his durability? There's some minor questions, again, about the character off the field stuff. I personally think a lot of that stuff is really overblown and he'll be fine in this marketplace but concussions durability those are fair concerns from a gun shy fan base who's worried about investing the future on a guy who might not be able to stay healthy now i know rosen was not in an ideal situation last year did not have the best supporting cast particularly when it came to the offensive line but what type how big of a concern is it and what type of prospect is Rosen coming out who does he compare to over the past 10 or 12 years in terms of the level of prospect that he is and what type of quarterback he can develop into at the NFL level yeah I, I agree with you I mean I think the injury concerns are definitely extremely fair and I think it's interesting how people never really make them for Allen when a guy that's also had serious shoulder injury before so there's definitely some injury concerns with both of those guys when you look at this draft. And the concussion history is a totally different level. That's definitely very concerning. Fortunately, for the first time in what feels like forever, the Jets can take a rookie quarterback and not have to play him right away. When you have Josh McCown there, it, we, you know, it's, we'll see how healthy Teddy Bridgewater is and if he can get back on the field. That's a big question that's up in the air. I think when you look at this Jets offensive line, I think it's just okay. I think you would like to see them, you know, at some point get a franchise left tackle. That'll probably be a conversation for the 2019 draft. So you're in a position where you can take him and the injury history doesn't completely scare me off, but it's a fair point to make. When you're looking at comparisons, though, for him, it's so interesting. Joe, I believe you wrote this that, you know, he's Eli Manning's ceiling, really. When we've seen Eli at his Good best. Eli. Good yeah, Eli. Playoff I, Eli. Be in New England Eli. Uh, exactly, and and that's the type of pocket passer he is. And you can make some high and low comparisons to Eli's game. I think Rosen doesn't really move that well. That's something that Eli struggled with a little bit. And that doesn't mean they have a bad feel for the pocket, because I think both of them have a good feel in the pocket. But just overall athleticism to get outside and make a play is not what those guys are going to do. When you look at the arm, in terms of just overall arm talent, you're looking at Amos Winston, Jake Cutler, these guys that can come out and really hit all the throws, and when you're talking about the offense you put them in, there's zero limitations. And I think that's what make Josh, makes Josh Rosen the top quarterback in this draft. When you talk about when you get him, he's extremely intelligent. You don't have to worry about him, the ability to learn a playbook, the ability to adjust to an offense. There's no limitations on the field. There's no limitations of what you need to ask him to learn. And the arm checks all the boxes. So, you know, those are some really lofty, nice comparisons when you look back at them, but he's definitely earned them. Yeah, for me, I think the concussion is that I, I, that's huge for me because obviously you don't know if you know, say he racks up one or two. If he because of because of his outside football consider uh, considerations, does he call it quits if he gets banged up too often and says, you know what, I'm just going to go do something else? Because he is a guy that doesn't necessarily need to play football, and I think that a lot of people have used that as a negative when it's not. He's just a very well spoken young man who clearly understands that football it's football's not the end all be all. However. For me, the pro comparison, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Jimmy Garoppolo in the, and, and in the sense that, like, he, one, he's not as mobile as Jimmy G, but in terms of the arm strength, the deep ball, just a natural thrower, 
a thrower. I, I, I think he's I think he's got that. He's very fluid in his motion. He's very smart, like Connor said. He, he kind of reminds me of Matt Ryan and Peyton Manning in that sense, like in terms of just picking stuff up. But physically, because like I think he could stand to put on a couple pounds. He, his frame isn't necessarily the biggest frame, whereas you look at him compared to a guy like Darnold or Josh Allen, like he kind of looks like a mini person next to them, right? Because he's not as big as them, and that's what you worry, because the, the Jets' offensive line, I think you can scheme around offensive line discrepancies, and I think Jeremy Bates can, can do that. He can figure that out. But you do that with a more mobile quarterback. It's very hard to do that with a guy that has to stand in the pocket and deliver. Beecham was all right last year. Shell was, was – he was up and down. Winters was terrible. Carpenter was really bad. And Wesley Johnson was bad. Now you've added Spencer Long, so you hope that that obviously increases the productivity of, of the offensive line. But you do have to worry about a guy who isn't as mobile behind that offensive line. But he's a smart enough player that I think he will figure it out. He will know how to take sacks. He will know when to throw the ball away. And if you surround him with a potent running game, and the Jets have clearly emphasized trying to get in younger backs, right? Thomas Rawls is coming in tomorrow, which is probably a precursor for them trying to move on from Bilal Powell. And you get Quincy Anua back, and you'll get Robbie Anderson, and you have Kurt and Terrell Pryor, then I think that can mitigate a lot of that lack of mobility for him. So much height at that receiver position, hearing all those names read back to back to back. Um, let's say a couple words on Josh Allen, and I want to I want to make sure I get this out there. I have obviously not been shy about being critical of his game. There is no personal animosity towards him. I've gotten emails, I've gotten Facebook messages, I got an Instagram message. Why do you hate Josh Allen? What do you got against Josh Allen? I don't have anything against Josh Allen. I hope Josh Allen is a great NFL quarterback. I want as many great young quarterbacks in the league as possible because I'm tired of watching people like Tom Savage and Brock Osweiler and Trevor Simeon and people like that play. I hope Allen is great. My point is that Allen, to me, is the fifth or sixth best quarterback in this class. He's a day-two pick, and I do not want to see the team that I cover and root for take him with the third overall pick in the draft. What I'm doing, and what I'm sure you guys have done and other people have done, is I'm looking at the tape of him playing. I'm looking at his analytics, both basic and the advanced analytics coming from multiple sources, and they don't say that he is a top-five pick. They say he's a huge, huge risk, and historical indicators say that he is a high likelihood of busting. So I think he's more of a guy you take a flyer on in the second round. I also don't buy this notion that you draft a quarterback, you sit him for two years, and all of a sudden the light's going to go on, and he's going to be a franchise quarterback. I mean, what happened with Aaron Rodgers, what happened with Tom Brady, that's the exception, not the rule. And those guys are sitting behind Hall of Fame players. The Jets don't have that situation here. And who knows who's going to be the coaching staff or even the front office two years from now. So with Allen, there's nothing personal. The guy is going to get drafted. He could play. Uh, I think he's a better prospect than a Christian Hackenberg. People keep saying I compared to him. Hackenberg was a fifth or sixth round pick in my mind. Allen is a day two, second round, maybe third round pick who's going to go in the top ten. But... What what are we missing here from a film or an analytics standpoint that is saying that he is definitely a top three pick? Because I don't see anything historically that points to a guy who's struggled with accuracy the way he has ever fixing that issue at this level. Well, I think what we're missing is that really what the NFL is missing, which is a dated scouting process at times on quarterbacks. When you, you go back and look at it, like you said, Joe, there's a lot of analytics that are kind of, you know, predicting that Josh Allen will most likely not work out. And a lot of that has to do with the accuracy. And then, of course, there's so much more to scouting than the analytics, which is, you know, personality and confidence and ability to be, you know, the kind of leader 
on the field, playing quarterback in New York is just a totally different animal. And we've had Josh Allen on stick to football. I've talked to him at the senior bowl. Listen, I think the talent is all world when you talk about natural ability, but at the end of the day, if you're not accurate, if you're not, he doesn't have the mental makeup of a Sam Darnold or a Baker Mayfield, or even a Josh Rosen where the confidence is overwhelming to go into any situation and succeed. And when you talk about how big of a learning curve is ahead of him, not even just from adjusting to an offense, because he's played in an offense with pro concepts, but the matter of fixing yourself mechanically, and I know he's been working with Jordan Palmer, but just fixing yourself mechanically and doing those things on a consistent basis to improve on not only the accuracy, but for me, the decision-making. When you look at those numbers and the film against Power 5 schools, it is very, very ugly. And guess what? It does not get any easier in the NFL. So that's why I can't justify Josh Allen, the top 10 selection. If a team wanted to take him in the second round as a developmental guy, I, I totally get it. And that's factoring the quarterback curve because we always give quarterbacks a curve when it comes to how important the need is of the position. They get pushed up on the board over better players. So for me, I think it's it's just a dated process. I think a lot of scouts are looking at him and checking the box off of a rare arm, really good athleticism, great size, and, and not looking that, guess what? I don't, the you know, the learning curve might just be too big and, and the game is simply too fast for him on film. And I don't think that changes at the next level, especially if he plays any time throughout his rookie year. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think it's two things. One, uh, the processing speed for him. He does not process information at all. And I would be I would be substantially worried because as a defensive coordinator, I would just blitz him from all different angles, corner blitzes, safety blitzes, uh, stunts up front because I don't I don't think he processes it enough to be a productive a productive quarterback. The other thing though is that like you see a guy like Lamar Jackson who to me is world better as a quarterback than Josh Allen, and because Josh Allen is big and he has a big arm and you know because. You know, for like because he's, he's, he he lacks pigment in his complexion, uh, you see you see him kind of get propped up a little bit, and it and it's frustrating because for me, like I agree with Connor, I think quarterbacks whenever you're doing a big board do get pushed up, but when I was doing mine, and again Connor's way better at it than I am, but when I was doing mine, I couldn't in good faith rank him any higher than a hundred, and that means that to me he's a top he's in the top fourth round, like he would be taken in the first couple picks of the fourth round. And again, with the quarterback curve, you're talking about, okay, maybe the end of the third, middle of the third. But even then, you're asking a kid who played in Wyoming to come. And I understand that people are going to sit here and say, well, what about Carson Wentz? And what about Carson Wentz? Carson Wentz is a kid who, and people always forget this, his rookie year, the, the Eagles went and had they paid Bradford $21 million, They paid Chase Daniels $6 million, And there was talk that Carson Wentz wasn't even going to be active for the first game because he couldn't pick up the offense. The only reason, the only reason uh, Peterson went with them is because they got a really good offer from the Vikings, and they said, you know what, sink or swim with the kid. And the Eagles were able to surround them with talent this year. But there was a lot of people that last year were saying that Dak Prescott was a better player than him. So I think with Josh Allen, I, I see it with the arm. I don't see it with anything else. I think he's going to struggle mightily if he's put in a situation where he has to play right away. But I also I'm against taking a guy in the top six or seven that I that I have to sit for three, four years before he's actually ready to play. I think it just doesn't make sense for the Jets. Now, if you're talking about a team like New Orleans, that's going to sit him behind Breeze for the next two years, maybe because he's going to walk into a situation with Michael Thomas and Mark Ingram and, and, and Alvin Kamara and that offensive line. Sure. But here in New York. I, one, I, I think he's the nicest kid. He did the interview with Scott. I think he's, he's nice and all that. But 
New York is going to eat him alive. So I, I would absolutely dread if the Jets took him at number three overall. All right. Fair points all around. Before we wrap here, this is a crazy time of the year for you know doing what we do, commenting about this sport, interacting with Jet fans, NFL fans. I'll, uh, I'll put Dalbin on the spot first, then Connor, and then we'll wrap. What has been the funniest or most random or most interesting thing you've seen on Jets Twitter over the past, I don't know, week or so? Oh, God. <laughs> Just the last week? I, uh, yeah, it could go two weeks, wherever. Okay, yeah. Uh, so I think two things. One, I think is fans saying that they want no parts of Odell Beckham. I think that's been hilarious. Um, and, and, you know, the argument is that, oh, well, we have Terrell Pryor. We don't need Odell Beckham. And I think that that's crazy. Uh, the other one is that, uh, there's no way that the Jets cut Christian Hackenberg, and there's no way that you can label him a bust yet. Christian Hackenberg is about to be unemployed in about 25 days. He is about to probably lose his job and go to somebody else. The Jets are going to shop him and Bryce Petty. The writing is on the wall. And that has been the funniest thing because there's people who still hold out hope that Christian Hackenberg will start in 2019. And I think that that's honestly the most comical thing. That and the Odell Beckham thing because they're so they're on opposite ends of the spectrum. Odell Beckham is a star and Christian Hackenberg is not, obviously. So those have been the two funniest things I've seen. Oh, the, the funniest thing to me is that there are human beings on this planet that think the Jets might not take a quarterback at the third overall yes, pick. Yes, and yes. some of them get paid to talk about sports. That's what's even more mind-blowing when you look at this. I mean, it's just its amazing. Listen, the Jets did not package three second-round picks to go up and get a running back or a guard or as much as we've needed one for a decade, a pass rusher. This is a move for a quarterback, and it's just amazing that people can even form some kind of argument of why maybe it's not. It, that is. <laughs> those you are mean some, you mean we did not go up to get Vita Vea, Connor? We did not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, please stop even bringing up that discussion point. I my thing is not even that serious. I I just randomly tweeted out what I thought the Jets' rough depth chart was, and it always cracks me up how angry people get if you don't have like this random dev chart and they're really like how could you put Eric Tomlinson in front of Jordan Leggett on the dev chart it's like well Jordan yep. Leggett is not an NFL player he hasn't taken a snap yet so Tomlinson played a bunch of snaps last year or, I say Tomlinson played a ton yeah, last year how could you put uh, Curse and Anderson and Anua in front of Terrell Pryor Pryor's our number one receiver I'm like actually he only had like 200 yards this year I like the <laughs> signing but like he's gonna have to come in and he'll probably start behind those guys but also it's just it's a high level depth chart the positions are fluid it's fine we got a long way to go. It's going to be a fun, a fun offseason. It's already been a pretty fun offseason. And once we get a little closer to the draft, it should get that much more interesting. All right. Want to thank everybody for listening. Want to remind everybody to go follow Dalbin on Twitter at DA underscore Sario. Want to remind everybody to go follow Connor on Twitter at Connor J. Rogers. Make sure you subscribe to Connor's podcast, Stick to the Jets, which is now a part of Turn on the Jets Digital. Make sure to subscribe to Dalbin's podcast, co-hosted with Joe Malfa, which is draft season, also part of Turn on the Jets Digital. Of course, you should subscribe to this podcast, along with Play Like a Jet and along with the Jet Take more to come. So many podcasts. It's just it's crazy. Any final uh, sign-off words, guys? Uh, not much. Just that it's good to be back, and I'll have a, uh, I'll have a lot of articles coming your way pretty soon, Joe. So it's much content at this time of the All year. All the content. All the content. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll be back next week.